Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. We're starting a new sermon series here on Sunday morning, and it's talking about the church. And the simple title is, The Church is a Whole Lot More Than You Might Have Thought That It Is. The church is a lot more than you might have thought. I was reading a, a story this week talking about weddings and, and everything of what they said was the perfect proposal. Uh, there was a man that had been planning and saving for the proposal since he was 12 years old. His name was Levi Randolph. And he's been putting money aside and trying to find the most elaborate way to propose that he could ever think of. And uh, then one day he was at the Rose Bowl watching his college team play, met another student from his school that he'd never seen before. Uh, They fell in love, began to date. And uh, so he decided, okay, it's time. I'm going to propose to her, and the perfect proposal is going to take place. So they lived in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, But he wanted to propose in Pasadena where they met. And uh, so her dad told her, hey, I'm going to be recognized for the, uh, my troop is for the Vietnam War in Pasadena. We all need to go to Pasadena. So she didn't know, but he paid for everybody to go to Pasadena. When they got to Pasadena, they had this amazing suite at a hotel they were staying at. They got up that morning, and uh, her mom says, well, let's go buy some clothes. And so they go to Old Town, Pasadena, and they buy a beautiful dress and some other clothes for her. They then had a very nice lunch out. And when she got there, all of her friends, 10 of her best friends were at the lunch, and she didn't understand what was going on and all, but she was glad to see them, didn't understand why they were there for her dad and all of that. Then a chauffeur-driven limousine came up. Her dad blindfolded her. She got in the chauffeur-driven limousine. He walked her when the limousine stopped, and when she took off the blindfold, she was standing in the middle of the field of the Rose Bow, and Levi was standing there and proposed to her. I've got a picture uh, of it right here. And uh, of course, she said no. And uh, then they were, no, no. Of course, she said yes. And they were calling it the perfect proposal. He had saved almost $20,000 since he was 12 years old and spent every penny of it just to propose to the woman that he loved. So a very neat story uh, when you hear about it that happened this week. But I tell you that because in the same way, that's what's happened between us and God. From the very beginning of time, God has been preparing an invitation for you. And it's an invitation that comes from his son, his death on the cross. And it's an invitation to salvation with him and to a new family that he's given you called the church. So we're going to look at several different scriptures this morning. Uh, You can follow along in your outline. And we begin, and the first thing we see is this. When it comes to the church, it's God's church, and he paid for it. It's God's church, and he paid for it. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says, Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Be shepherds of the church of God. Be shepherds of the church of God. Be shepherds of the church of God. Whose church is it? It's God's church. That's whose church that it is. Now, when it comes to the way that we think and the way we act, we don't act like it's God's church. We act like it's our church. Think about everything that we do that has to do with church. How do we pick a church that we're going to go to in the beginning? 
we pick it by the things that are going to most please us. So which church has the most things for my family? Which church has the most facilities? What has the the best family life center? Do they have the sports teams that I like? Do they have the right kind of children's program? Uh, Is it in the right kind of neighborhood? Uh, Are the chairs comfortable enough? Do they play the right kind of music for me? And so everything is a consumerism kind of thing. And we talk about what's best going to benefit me when we come to a church. And then think about the things that we argue about at church, the things that irritate us. It's all the kind of things that have to do with us and nothing else. We're not arguing about what's the best way to reach people in our community. We're arguing about how hot or cold should the room be. Do I like the kind of carpet that's on the floor? Are there pews or are there chairs? What kind of music are they going to sing? That's the kind of stuff we argue about at church. Uh, I was in a church one time, and we had someone that actually left the church because they didn't like the contemporary music that was being played. The problem was this. There were two services, a contemporary and a traditional. They didn't even go to the contemporary service. They went to the traditional service, and they came to me, and they're all upset, and I said, well, you don't even go to that service. It doesn't matter what they do. And they said, you know, if if they're going to have that kind of music in this church, I can't go to it anymore. And I, I don't, you know, it's not even the service you go to. But those are the kinds of things that we get irritated about because everything revolves around us. And when everything revolves around us, we get the misconception that it is my church when it's not our church. Be shepherds of the church of God. How do I know it's God's church? Read the rest of that sentence. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. It's his church because he bought and paid for it. And he paid the most exorbitant, highest price that you could ever pay for anything, his death on the cross. Jesus died on the cross, taking your sins upon him that you might be forgiven. It's his church bought and paid for from the very beginning. Anybody here ever heard what's often called the cookie story? I actually even made a movie about it. Anybody? All right. Well, I'm going to tell you about it then. And uh, then you, you'll know next time someone asks you about the cookie story. Well, the story goes, a lady that was uh, at an airport, she had a delay between flights, was a little bit hungry. And so she bought a little bag of cookies, had five cookies in this, homemade cookies. Uh, she was so excited, went, sat down, got her stuff out. Uh, got a picture here uh, of, from the movie, the, the, the cookie story. Got, got her stuff out, uh, began to read, and uh, a, a businessman sat down across from her. She didn't think anything about it. Then she looked over, and he took one of the cookies out of her bag and began to eat it. And she stared at him really funny, like, what's wrong with that guy? And so she took one of her own cookies, stared at him really, began to eat it. He then took a second cookie out of her bag. She couldn't believe it, stared at him even ruder, didn't know what to do. So she grabbed another cookie, stared at him mean again, ate the cookie. Now there's only one cookie left. He takes the third cookie out of the bag, breaks it in two, gives her half of it, smiles, and begins to eat her last cookie. She's about to blow up at the guy when they call her plane to board, and she goes and boards the plane. When she gets on the plane, she opens her bag up, takes out her book to read again, and notices her bag of cookies unopened in her bag. She had been eating his cookies all along. The point of that story is that's the way we are with God and the church sometimes. 
We come and we think, this is my church. It revolves around me. It's all about me and what I think and what I want. When the truth of the matter is, it's God's church. He bought and paid for it with his own blood. And that brings us to the second thing that we see. If this is God's church, then he is supreme over everything in the church. It's not just his church. He's in charge. He's supreme over everything. Look at uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Colossians 1, 18. He is the head of the body, the church, the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. He is the head of the body. So the church is referred to as a body. So then each of us are not the whole body of Christ. Together we make up the body of Christ. Each of us have different functions. You might be a finger, a toe, a leg, uh, an ear, an eye, whatever. But only together do we make up the body of Christ. On your own, you're just one little finger out there. It's only together we make up the whole body of Christ. But the head of the body is, the, is Christ. And so he's in charge. He's supreme. It is the brain. It is the mind that tells the rest of the body what to do and how to function. The one that is in charge. And we are taking orders and following the head. And the head of the church is Christ. And just as we were told in the last one, he bought it with his blood. How can we say he's supreme over everything? Look at this again. He's the head of the body, the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. He's in charge because he's the one that died and rose from the grave. So here's a little check for you. If you want to be in charge in the church, then die and rise from the grave and we'll let you be in charge. Okay? Until you do that, you're no longer in charge. He's in charge. He died. He rose from the grave. He's the only reason you will rise from the grave when you die. Therefore, he has supremacy in all things. Now, again, think about how we actually operate. Is God supreme in all things in the church? We'd like to say he is, but is that the actual way we act it out? In a lot of churches, it's the pastor or the preacher who's supreme over everything. Man, anybody ever seen a church where the pastor was large and in charge? Now, I know you're thinking, Chip, you got half of that one. You know, uh, I'll let you figure out which half it was. Uh, the larger the in charge. Uh, but, but regardless, you know, a lot of times it's the pastor who thinks they're in charge of everything. The whole church revolves around them. I remember one prominent Southern Baptist pastor had a quote several years ago that said, no one will ever go to a meeting that doesn't vote for my church like I do because God speaks to me. I know his will. And if they don't do what I want to do, they're not following God's will. And I said, man, that's pretty, that guy's crazy, you know, large and in charge. Well, we know the pastor's large and in charge because of the kind of chairs they sit in. You know, we've talked before, uh, I pastored churches where they sit in throne chairs up on the stage. Got a picture of one of those throne chairs that they sit in right there, you know, that's good. And sometimes uh, I pastored a church that had three throne chairs like this one, but the pastor had the biggest throne, you know. So there was no doubt who was in charge. It was the pastor in the big chair. I got a picture here of a prominent pastor in his throne chair right there, you know. Large and in charge. You know, that, that's exactly what you see there. And so it's the pastor who's in charge. Sometimes in churches, though, it's not the pastor. We think, well, it's, it's the deacons or it's one prominent person or it's somebody else. It's my church. I'm in charge of it. 
The person in charge is the person that can get the most votes at a business meeting. The person in charge is the person uh, uh, who gives the most money and can say, if you don't do what I want to do, I'll withdraw my money. The person who can uh, uh, cause the most gossip or cause the most trouble, those are the people who are in charge. But we're told that Christ is the head of the body. He's the one that rose from the dead. He's the reason we rise from the dead. He is supreme in all things. So it should be about God's will, God's direction, God's mission. The kind of things we should be talking about at church isn't the color of the carpet, but how do we best love others? How do we care for people? How do we reach our community with the saving knowledge of Jesus? How do we help people teach and grow and be loved and forgiven? Those are the kind of things we need to be looking at at the church, not arguing over the things that we do. I've been in churches that had a tremendous church fight over the, carp, or over the carpet, and I was in a church that almost split, true story, over the paint on the wall. And here was the debate, white or off-white? And now I'll admit my family was off-whiters. You know, I'll admit that's where we came down. Uh, but it became a tremendous controversy in the church and a very contentious business meeting. And the off-whiters, like my family, was saying, man, the white is just too bright and it's going to distract people. You know, that's why. And then the, and then the whiter said, no, that off-white just looks dirty from the time you put it on the wall. And, man, it was, it, was, it was terrible, the debate that was there. And do you know why we were debating that? Because the church had God as its head and we only wanted to do what God wanted us to do. So we were fighting about off and off-white. And so those are the kind of things we look at. Christ is supposed to be supreme over everything. And that brings us to the third thing that we see. Okay, if he's in charge, if it's his church, if he's supreme, then what about me? What's my place in this whole story? Well, it comes down to this. We might not want to hear it. God is our boss, and we're co-workers in the church. God's the boss, and we're co-workers in the church. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. We are co-workers in God's service. So we are serving God when we come to church. It's about us being a part of God's plan, God's mission, God's work. Lord, how can I best serve you when I come and what I do here? Now, here's the problem is we've turned that completely around. We think the church is about serving us. How can the church best serve me? And if you don't serve me to the extent I think I need to be served, I'll get mad and join another church. When the truth of the matter is, it's not about the church serving you. It's about you serving God because it's his church. He's supreme. He's the one we follow. It's his mission. We are God's co-workers. We are co-workers together in his service. You are God's field. Our job is to bear fruit and to produce a harvest for God. We are laborers, and it is about us producing for him, not just getting what we want. We are God's building. It's not us. We are his holy temple that proclaim him throughout this community. So it's about us serving God and seeing what we can do to better care for the things of God. Now, again, today, we totally turn that around. 
What are you going to do for me, church? How are you going to meet my needs? How are you going to do everything I want? How are you going to be the kind of church I want you to be instead of us coming and saying, okay, this is God's mission. How do we reach a world for him that's lost? How do we bring love and care to other people? How do we help people who are hurting or lonely or hungry? What can we do to forward the, the, the things of God? That's what we were supposed to be about when we come here, not having our needs met, but meeting God's needs. It's an entirely different thing. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the kicker to all that. When you come and that's your priority, then your needs do get met. When your priority is I'm going to follow God and his will and his care, then you're going to find that a part of that is that your needs are going to be met as well as you meeting the needs of other people because other people are going to be loving and forgiving and caring and teaching and being patient with you. We are God's co-workers, co-workers in God's service. I remember when I was a, a boy, we were coming back from vacation in Florida. My dad uh, owned, owned a gas station at the Crestwood exit uh, in Oldham County, off 71. And uh, we were coming home, and, and uh, we actually lived at the, off the Buckner exit. But when we passed Crestwood, Dad said, I'm going to stop and check on the station because my dad was always, you know, worried about what was going on when he wasn't there. So, you know, oh, no, we just want to go home and everything. So we pull into the station. The guy that is working is sitting in a lawn chair with a cooler of beer, drinking a beer as we pull in. Dad pulls up the pumps, looks at it, gets out of the car and said, you're fired, go home. The guy simply put his beer in the cooler, grabbed it, got in his car and went home. Now, that guy thought he could do anything he wanted there. He could just sit in a lawn chair and drink beer as the cars were going in. Why could he not do that when my dad showed up? Because it wasn't his station. It was my dad's station. He worked for my dad. And therefore, he got fired. How many of us are going to get fired if it comes to we're here to serve God and be a part of God's mission in the world? How many times is the only thing we do is show up on Sunday morning and it's not about me being involved in God's work and God's mission. It's about me coming and hopefully uh, Chip will preach an entertaining sermon. I'll like the music and I'll I'll come back next Easter or something like that, you know, uh, as we get into it. It's about us serving God. He's the boss. We're co-workers. We are co-workers in God's service. But here's the best thing that we have. God loves the church and sacrificed for it. God loves the church and sacrificed for it. Now, you might be thinking, well, you know, everything's revolved around me, and now you're telling me it's supposed to revolve around God. But the good news is God loves the church intimately, and he has sacrificed for it. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. God loves you passionately. He loves you intimately. The church is God's family. And because the church is God's family, he has not only loved it, he has sacrificed for it. The reason you are here is that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. The reason that you are here is that God loved you so much he gave his one and only son. And through your acceptance of that, he gave you a family called the church. And now, as God's family, we're to be a part of God's business. 
So when you come here, you're supposed to find people that love you and care for you and forgive you and put up with you and where you can learn and grow. But the bigger point of the church isn't an escape from the world. It's a mission point to reach the world and to really step out in faith and care and love for him. Christ loved the church, gave the ultimate sacrifice for it, and you are a part of God's family, the thing that he loves more than anything else. And so that shows us God's care for us as we come here. It's not that it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you. And now that you've been saved, your job is to see that God's mission goes on and that others are cared for. read a really interesting story out of China this week. Uh, There was an elderly man who was trying to cross a very busy street in Beijing, and it had multiple lanes of traffic and he was on had two little canes that he was walking with and by the time he got to the center of the road it had taken him so long the light changed and the car started coming right at him and immediately a police officer saw this started blowing his whistle ran out tried to stop the traffic and when he saw that it was creating chaos he picked the man up put him on his back and carried him the rest of the way across the street Now, he could have gotten across the street and set that man down, and that man thought, man, I did a good job crossing that street, didn't I? You know, I was really a good good street crosser. Or he could have said, no, I got across that street because somebody cared enough to pick me up and to carry me. The reason that you're at church today is that God cared enough to pick you up and carry you when you couldn't do it yourself. When you were lost in your sins and didn't have a hope or a prayer, Jesus died on the cross to forgive you. And because he loved you so much, he gave you a family. A family that we call the church. And the church isn't about us, it's God's family. And in his family, we're loved and cared for and nurtured. But in his family, we were supposed to be about doing God's things. It's God's church. It's God's family. He's the head. And as we follow him, then we'll find the true purpose of what the church is about. And that is a church on mission for God. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. What is the mission God has given the church? Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you have loved us and given us this great family called the church. Lord, help us to live a life that shows that we believe it's your church, it's about you, and center everything on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation where you're being invited to what God says to you, and there's several things that you could do. Right where you're standing, you're going to say, Lord, I know in the past I've made this about me. Help me start making the church about you. Because that will change everything about how you view the church and what you do when you come here. During this time, you can come and pray. Pray at this altar. Have ministers that would love to pray with you as you come about needs and problems, things going on in your life. Uh, Come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing. And the most important thing you could ever do is say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. He bought this church with his blood. He bought you with his blood. Come and say, I accept what Jesus has done. I want to follow him as Lord and Savior. But this is your time and your opportunity as we stand together and we sing.
would you be seated for just a second, please? Brother Larry. Come on up, guys. I want to introduce you to somebody. This is Ricky and little Ricky and Nicole Young. Now, we go back a long way. Uh, we go back to Carlisle Avenue about uh, almost 30 years ago, about, 20, about 31 years ago, 20-some. Anyway, look out, look out. But I, I watched this guy, I watched him grow up in church with his mother and daddy. And, and uh, they've been attending our church for almost two years now. And, and uh, uh, Ricky comes, Big Rick, I call him. He comes to rededicate his life to Jesus Christ and to become a member of our church, to, to join our church and, and to serve here. And uh, you, you want to serve. You served at, West, at Carlisle, and, and so you want to serve here now and, and uh, be a part of our church, just like Chip was talking about this morning. And Nicole comes to tell you all that she has accepted Jesus Christ as her son. And so we welcome them, and, and, and Jesus Christ is in all of our lives now. And, and you've made the best decisions you'll ever make. And, and our folks are the greatest folks in the world. And they'll be praying for you. I know that. You'll be praying for them, will you not? Okay. So, you, you know, we just we rejoice with, with you all that you're here and that you're a part of our church. And uh, our deacons are right over here. They're going to be coming by and speaking to them. And... Uh, if you would fall in right behind them, introduce yourself to them and tell them that you're proud of them and that you're going to be serving with them and that you're glad they're a part of our church. I'd like to invite up the Houston High School Mission Team as well as they, uh, well, this will be their commissioning. They'll leave after July 4th in that, in that time period, but this is the time we had to, to bring them up uh, as well. So the Lord's at work today. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Well, students, as you go to Houston, a, a town that has been uh, devastated through a flood, we know that God, who is the head of the church, commissions individuals and all of us to be on mission in his world. And so our prayer is that as you're driving, some of your best ministry may be the way you treat that fast food restaurant uh, employee. Some of that may be on your free day when you just happen to meet. But as you demonstrate Christ's love for each other, we, we trust that through the power of his spirit, he's going to be at work with you as you all are in the Houston area. So I want to have a, just a prayer of commissioning, and then we'll have a blessing as we go. Father, we thank you for this day and to be in that, your house. We know that you, God, who uh, have commissioned your church to be your agency, a mission in your world. So now, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we commission this team as they go to Houston. Protect them on their journey. Uh, may there be no issues with vehicles. We pray that the love of Christ that's been shed abroad in each of their hearts would guide them and lead them. Give them favor with every homeowner, with every ministry. Give them favor uh, with every person they encounter. And God, we look forward to celebrating and rejoicing at the good things you do both in them and through them as they go on your mission in the world. In Christ's name, amen. hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. 
please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word. Thank you.